Let's look in John, the book of John, chapter 20. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach your hand, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how much you care about us, God, and how much you want to help us in our faith to step up and believe. We pray that you would make us a people of faith, a church of faith, and God, that as we put our faith in you, as we never have uh, to this measure before in the past, that we would begin to see your hand of blessing on us as we reach out to our community, Lord. Give us favor, we pray, and let us make a difference for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you and you be seated. Over the next weeks, you have a tremendous opportunity to uh, gather your family around you, to gather some friends around you, uh, to watch this series 8 o'clock on Sunday night, and to get just an interpretation, one group's interpretation of the events that took place after uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And moms and dads, I would just say this is a great time to enter into some spiritual conversations with your kids and to make spiritual conversations in your home something natural instead of something that doesn't happen or something that's strange. Begin to enter into those conversations and pray with them and talk to them about the reality of what happened in Jesus' life. And we want to encourage you to, uh, to take advantage of that. You can come tonight. And be a part of worship. Pastor Paul is going to speak tonight, and you'll still be out in time to go capture uh, this series and to see it. Last week, <clears throat> churches all across this country and all across the world celebrated the most significant event on the, ch- on the Christian church calendar, the resurrection of Jesus. Wasn't that a great day? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Without the resurrection, there is no victory. Uh, Without the resurrection, there is no victory over death. There is no salvation. There is no hope. Christianity simply doesn't exist without the resurrection. Now, as we read the story that we read today, it's been a week since that day of all days. Since the day of the resurrection of Jesus on his own power and on his own might. On that Sunday that would change the way we see all Sundays from that day forward. Jesus had revealed himself to some women at the tomb, to a few of the disciples, to some walking on the roadside. But later that night, to a a group of disciples who were terrified of the events that had just happened. Terrified of what could happen to them. Locked quietly in a room hiding from the Jews, Jesus suddenly appears. 
while they tremble behind locked doors, Jesus shows up. Significantly that night, for some reason, Thomas was not there. And it's interesting that throughout the week, they did not rush out of that room and cry to the multitudes that Jesus was resurrected. They still kind of quietly walked out of the room and began to whisper among themselves and among uh, fellow followers of Christ that they had seen the resurrected Christ. And sometime in that week, they had told this story to Thomas, and his reaction was not one of great faith. In John chapter 20, it says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will never believe. Now, before you get too critical of Thomas, let's see a, a couple of things. Even during that week and in the days to come, the, even as they have seen Jesus risen, the disciples are still keeping it on the low. They're still kind of hiding out. Not much has changed. And yet a week later, even though Thomas was filled with this doubt and didn't believe just their story. Thomas still shows up with the group. Have you ever had something happen that shook your faith? <clears throat> something that made you wonder if there's anything at all to this God stuff. Is there any reality that he is there? I I've seen that many times accompanied with the question of why would God let this happen? Or where is God in the middle of all this? It can be the death of a spouse or the death of a mom or a dad or the death of a child. And people are asking, where is God? And what is going on? It can be the, a question in a, in a setting where a professor asks a question that you don't have the answer to and you begin to think, maybe I've just been naive. Maybe I've just been a kid growing up with stories and maybe there really isn't anything to this. Or it can be the action of a spiritual leader that disappoints you deeply and makes you want to throw in the towel and just walk away. That's what they faced. That's exactly where they were. Instead of Jesus the Messiah rising up in power and throwing off the, the, the oppression of the Roman government as they, as they hoped and believed, instead of that happened, the Roman government had killed him. He was dead. And the question that had to resonate in their heart was, where was God? Where were these miracles? They had watched him speak to the seas and calm them. They had watched him take a few fishes and bread uh, and a few loaves of bread and break them and feed a multitude. They had watched him cast out demons before their very eyes. And now, where were these miracles? 
Why was he overcome? Why was he beaten? Now, Jesus had predicted his actions, but they hadn't grasped them. He had told them what was going to take place, but they hadn't gotten it. We have been told as well. Oh, it's really easy for us to get into the Bible and find the great promises of God's Word and hold on to them and to think that everything will always be easy and everything will always be simple. But if you read the Bible carefully and you don't pass over the scriptures that are tough, you discover that we will face some suffering on this earth. False leaders will rise up. Sickness does come our way. We don't have all the answers yet. We're not in heaven yet. And the enemy still comes to steal and kill and destroy. Now these disciples, they had seen Jesus open blind eyes. They had seen him feed the multitude. They had witnessed him calming the sea and walking on the water. They had been there when he cast out demons and they were awed when the lame lame walked. But now they're confused and they're scared. When he has seemingly fallen into the hands of religious leaders and Roman government officials and does nothing but die. And now a few days later, This Jesus who was beaten, this Jesus who was tortured, this Jesus who was nailed to the cross and stabbed by a spear, dead before their eyes, suddenly walks among them. This very story becomes the testimony of their lives. It's what they spend the rest of their lives proclaiming to everyone who will hear it that Jesus is resurrected from the dead. This resurrection power changes everything. You know, the problem we have is we have a tendency to think you know, more highly of ourselves than we should at times. We imagine scenarios where we would have been with Jesus or where something happens to us, where we face our weaknesses and our oppressors and we imagine ourselves saying just the right word or doing just the right thing at just the right time and being faithful in the midst of it all instead of being trapped and ensnared and deceived by the enemy. We think we've got to figure it figured out. But the, remember, I'd remind you today, The disciples were just like that. In the upper room, in those moments before he would be captured, he would be talking to Peter, and Peter would be proclaiming that I will go with you even if it means my death. And Jesus would look at Peter and say, now before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. You're, you're going you're gonna to bail on me three times. And we kind of say, oh, Peter really blew it. But I want to remind you, if you read this scripture carefully, you'll, you'll see that not only did Peter say it, but the Bible says, and all the disciples agreed with him. They all said, we're in. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter what we face, we're going to be faithful. 
we're going to hang in there. So now, Jesus has been crucified. He's dead. Can you imagine as the disciples gather together after the death of Jesus, when the Bible says they've run and they fled, I mean, these were men. We like to think we wouldn't run and we wouldn't flee. But they were facing what seemed to be a life and death circumstance for them. They come together afterward and one looks at the other, where did you go? What did you do? What did you say? Did anyone stand up for Jesus? Can you imagine the shame and the humiliation? They were sheep without a shepherd until the shepherd showed up. Thomas had missed that first appearance. He wasn't there when Jesus showed up the first time. And when he heard about it and he was told about what happened, Thomas scoffed. Again, friend, let me ask you, isn't that how we feel? We've been told about the resurrection power. We've been told about the presence of God that will be with us. Others in our hour of need may even come up to us and say, I have been where you are. And in my time of need, at just the right moment, the power of God, Jesus came in my life and changed everything. I have walked through loss like you're going through. There's hope. I have been betrayed by people who shouldn't have been betrayed me. And I want to tell you, you're going to overcome this. People come up to us and say, I know you're faced with disappointment today, but I want you to know I've been disappointed and Jesus came. I face tough questions. The hold of the enemy has been upon my life and I just want to tell you, it's going to be all right. Isn't the natural response to say, I'm going to need more than that. That may be good for you, but I'm not sure it's enough for me. See, it's right here where I really admire and learn from Thomas. Thomas got this unbelievable story. Hey, we've seen him. He's risen. Everything's changing. And Thomas looks at him and goes, really? I'm going to need a little more evidence than that. But here's where I admire Thomas. Where do we find him the very next Sunday? He's with the disciples. He's locked in a room with them just like they were locked in a room the week before. He didn't stay away. He didn't give up. No, the next week when in fear they gathered together again behind locked doors, Thomas was there. This is the great lesson we can learn today. This is one I would challenge you in whatever you're facing today and whatever you may face tomorrow. Because as we walk on this earth, I will guarantee you there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be tough times. We are not in heaven yet. But listen, no one knows the hour Jesus is going to show up for you and give you everything you need for your problem.
It might be today. It could be next week or next month. But here is the promise that we have from Jesus. He will show up. But you have to show up. You can't give up. You can't check in your faith. You can't turn your back and walk away. You've got to hang on. Faith is in showing up. How many lives have made this mistake? The person who was supposed to be a leader disappointed me. I didn't, what they did really broke my heart and really disillusioned me. I give up on all of it. They walk away from everything. There are circumstances in my life that I don't understand. God hasn't explained to me. Why did I lose this person? Or why did this happen to me? Why did this, why did this accident take place? I give up. I just don't even believe there's a God anymore. Thomas said, I'm going to need more than just seeing him to believe. But he showed up. And he got what he needed for his life to be changed. Here's the call. Don't stop showing up. Jesus said to him, stop doubting and believe. Wherever you're at in life, whatever you're going through in life, whatever obstacles are attaching to your life, this is the cry of Scripture to us. Stop doubting and believe. In the right hour, at the right moment, the Spirit of God is going to show up in your life and make a difference. Jesus said so, something so important to us in, that next, in the next passage. Because not only does he look at Thomas and say, stop doubting and believe, but Jesus sends a message into the centuries of the church that would live on from that moment. He says this, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed empowered, anointed, special are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. That's a message for us today. Something has happened and your faith has been shaken. That was their story. He was dead. That's all they could think about. They couldn't remember any of the words of Jesus about what was going to happen after he died. They, if they could, they couldn't get their, their, their heads around it. They couldn't understand it. And they were filled with concern and fear. See, the enemy will work to give you reasons to doubt. He's going to work to plant seeds in your mind to make you not believe. But Jesus will give you enough to believe. This crushing defeat... This moment of despair was so terrible that an empty tomb wasn't enough. They needed Jesus to show up, and they got what they needed. And to, today, Jesus sends us what we need. You may be struggling with an addiction that holds on to your life. You may be struggling with a broken heart over something that's happened in your life. There may be a wound it's so deep that you don't see how you can ever come out of it. But God sends a word to you today. He sends somebody today to say to you, I've been there, I've overcome that, I've got victory. He sends people into our lives and he sends his word into our lives. Right where we're locked in our room and he says to us, stop doubting and believe. 
That's the word for you today, wherever you're at. And that is the word for you tomorrow when you come to a point where you say, wow, this shakes my faith. In that moment, when those words are tempted to come out of your mouth, when it's tempting for you to say, I give up on it all, that's when it's time to dig your heels in and stop doubting and believe. Put your faith in God. Whatever you're going through, Jesus has conquered it already. There is victory for you. This thing does not have to hold you forever, keep you down forever, beat you forever. Jesus has conquered the grave, and he will help you. Jesus hung around for a while, about 40 days. He met with them. He revealed himself to them. He ate with them. He went to the ones that needed him. But in short order, it was time for him to go. And I find it interesting at that moment, I find it so encouraging that at that moment, Jesus doesn't look at them and say to them, you've seen me, you've eaten with me, you've hung out with me. We've seen the the grave is empty, you've seen the nail piercings in my hand and and the sword, uh, the spear that pierced my side. And you've seen me overcome it. That's all you need. You've got it in your head now. You don't need it. You've got enough knowledge. If you don't get it now, there's nothing more that I can do. Friends, that's not what Jesus said. See, do you see, even in those weeks, they were still filled with fear. The week after they'd seen him, they were still locking themselves up in the, in, in the room, fearful. They, were, they weren't out proclaiming it to the city, they were still, even with him with them, whispering it among their friends. And that's why we grit this great story. In Acts chapter 1, it says, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God, about how the rules of God's kingdom work. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, something new's coming. Something new's going to happen. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They're still thinking that he's going to throw off the Roman government. And he looks at them and he says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. He knew, Jesus knew they needed more than knowledge. He knew they needed power. And he knows the same thing about us today. He knows we need to know more than just about the word. We need to have the living word in us. We need to have the power of the very presence of God in our life. So here's the simple plan. Step one is hear and believe. Put your faith in in the living word of God. 
The resurrection does what nothing else can do. It proves that Jesus is the Son of God. Nothing else does that. Take away the resurrection, you take away everything. You take away the power of the cross and the transformation that comes with it. But then there's step two. Open your heart to the presence of God. History tells us that all the disciples lived the rest of their lives spreading the news that Jesus was alive. This happened after the Holy Spirit came upon them. All of them except John the Beloved died a martyr's death. The truth of the resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit was such a personal reality that they gave up their lives for it. They went out into the world, and when the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2, these men who had been spending, and women who had been spending their lives since the resurrection, hiding, suddenly go to the doors and throw them open and begin to scream it out to a city that Jesus is alive. And by the end of the day, the church is birthed with 3,000 new members because of the power of the Holy Spirit. This didn't happen because of knowledge. Knowledge was the base of it, but the Holy Spirit empowered it. Are you grateful for the Holy Spirit today? I'll tell you, I'm so grateful that Jesus didn't say, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit on you, you know, for the next 100 years or so, and then I'm going to take it away. I'm so grateful that he said, the Comforter's coming, and he's going to be with you until I come again. Thomas was perhaps the only apostle who went outside the Roman Empire to preach the gospel. According to Christian tradition, Thomas, this doubter, this man who didn't believe the story until he saw the nail piercings in his hand, this man who didn't get it all at the, at the, first, at the first take, Thomas's reach extends as far in Christian tradition as India, where he was martyred for teaching on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. These men, all they had to do to live out their lives without fear was to shut up and go home. But because they had the knowledge of a resurrected Savior and the power of the Holy Spirit, they were fearless in front of what anyone could throw their way. I want to tell you today, talk about the Holy Spirit, and I understand, I understand, there's been a lot of abuses of the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of things done in the name of the Holy Spirit that are just weird. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to make us weird. The Holy Spirit comes to make us powerful. Are you hearing me today? He doesn't come just for us to have a little, you know, Holy Ghost party. He comes for us to be spirit-filled warriors, walking fearlessly in a world that doesn't believe. Today, as we say, oh, I'm afraid, I'm nervous, I'm scared to be a witness. You know what you need? You probably don't need one more look of knowledge. You need a touch of the Holy Spirit. Oh, you know, I just can't overcome 
this thing in my life. You probably don't need any more knowledge. You just need a touch of the Holy Spirit. You know all the truth. See, they knew the truth. They walked with him. They'd seen him resurrection, resurrected. But Jesus said to him, now listen, guys, that go, that's not enough. Go and wait because in a few days you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's going to change everything. It's this hunger, this desire for the Spirit of God to move in our life. I want to tell you, the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life has made all the difference. It's changed everything from just being a church kid to being a kid that's passionate about the things of God. In hours of brokenness in my life, the Holy Spirit becomes so real to be an, an author of peace in the middle of the brokenness. When I come against obstacles that would fill me with fear or fill me with doubt or a culture that would tell me to shut up, it's the Holy Spirit that moves through my life that gives me the power to say, no, I will stand upon the truth. In the times of trouble in life and loss in life, it's the Holy Spirit that comforts when I don't know what to do next or how to act next in my home or in the church or in my life, it's the Holy Spirit that gives direction. It's the Holy Spirit that moves in assurance when things don't seem to be going well and obstacles come our way. It's the Holy Spirit that whispers, go this direction, it's all right. It's the Holy Spirit that brings victory in places where we cannot win victory on our own. And suddenly, the walls of Jericho that we have to march around fall into the ground so that we can have victory. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us a conviction in our spirit that allows us in the face of a culture that's saying, oh, oh, what you're saying is so bigoted, it's so wrong, it's so in error. You need to live over this way. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that, you, that whispers in our heart, no, they're wrong. They're heading the wrong direction. They're going the way of destruction. Be bold and proclaim the truth. It's the Holy Spirit that we need. Well, pastor, what, is, what, you know, what, what's, what does this mean to me? What do I do? You've got to invite the Spirit into your life. This isn't a weird thing. It's not a strange thing. The Holy Spirit came in your life once when you were convicted and asked Christ into your life to be your Savior. Now you want Him to come into your life and give you strength and transformation. And it's a real simple thing. It's a simple prayer. God, I know you're real. I don't doubt, I believe. I know you love me. And I am waiting on you. Touch me with your spirit. As Christians, we must remember not only Christ's death and his resurrection, but we need to remember that there's power available to us. The resurrection is not only the power of eternal life, but the Holy Spirit is the power for everyday life. The power is clearly revealed in the lives of the disciples. You see these guys who struggled and bounced all over the place, even as they followed Jesus, and he was always having to get them in and correct them and say things to them. And then when he dies, 
Then when the, when the crowd comes to take Jesus in the garden, they scatter like a covey of quail. I mean, they're gone to the wind. They're hiding out in the days ahead. They're whispering, and then the day comes when the Holy Spirit falls on them. And all of a sudden, you have mighty men of faith who stand before the crowds and before the kings fearless and proclaim the truth before their own deaths you have men in the days that come that will write things like Paul will write to live as Christ but to die as gain because of the reality of the Holy Spirit no matter how numb you find yourself today no matter how dead and hopeless your situation may seem to be no matter how much it seems like there's no way this is, I can ever overcome this, you may even be in your fourth day in the grave as, as, as Lazarus was in your cause. I want to tell you, it is no match for the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it is no match for the power of the Holy Spirit that can come in your life and change everything. Life is still a very real possibility for you but you've got to show up. And when you show up and you wait on him, he's going to give you just what you need. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, there's some in this room today that are going through dire needs. Some of us, we just have little things, Lord. But some have faith-shaking things going on in their life. Some are having to face, Father, that they're not walking in power. They're still filled with fear. They've got knowledge, but they don't have power. And so, Lord, whatever it is, let us, let us recognize our condition right now and let us stop doubting and start believing. And let us be a people who determine, I'm going to set myself aside I'm going to take the time to show up and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit into my life. Your precious, precious Spirit. What a gift. And so, Lord, we pray for that today. Lord, in this place, you know the condition of every one of our spirits. Whether we're born again or whether we're not. And I pray, Father, that you would convict to the depth of our the core of our spirit, that we are your believers in following you or we need to get our heart right with you. And in these next moments, let us do that very thing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down to the front today. And we still have a few minutes. We're going to, I'm going to invite you to worship the Lord. And just invite his spirit into your life. Even if you're a spirit-filled believer, just invite him to come into your life. But if you're facing a small need, you know, I've got a small one. I, I, I just need the Lord to touch my voice and make me stronger. I came forward for prayer in first service today. I believe, you know, this is going to be okay. Maybe you have a big issue. One that's rattling your faith. Maybe you just need a touch of the Holy Spirit to be bold. You want to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Or maybe today is a day 
where you need to ask Christ into your life. Our ushers are going to be down here along the front. You come on, if you, as you come down, they'll dismiss you to go over to one of the prayer teams to pray with you. And they're going to take just 60 seconds to pray for you today. And I want to invite you, whatever your need is, to come while the rest of us just worship the Lord this morning. But hear me. Stop doubting. Believe. And show up. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power that you give unto us through the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word, which leads us, guides us. Father, convicts us. And I pray that you would just touch each and every one of these needs as they have come. Father, for each and every need that's here in this sanctuary. And I pray that you would help us not to doubt. Father, to have your word planted in our hearts. To know that it's only through prayer that we commune with you. And Father, that we need to worship you. Magnify your name. I pray that you would help us now as we go. That we would take this word out into a doubting world and say say that Jesus is risen from the dead and that you're here to meet our needs. Father, we thank you for this message this morning. Let it just continue to turn over in our hearts this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. May his peace be in your heart.